Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. Greg Pizzoli burst onto the children's literature scene in 2013 with The Watermelon Seed, a book that went on to win the Theodore Seuss Geisel Medal. In 2016, he published the book that is the focus of our show today, Goodnight Owl. Pizzoli says he began Goodnight Owl with a specific intention, to make something weird. He ended up with another award winner. How did this happen? It's time to unravel Goodnight Owl. Yeah, I remember that I wanted to uh, make a book for, for lack of a better word, I, I wanted to make a weird book. Like, I wanted to make something that felt strange. Um, and I kept sketching this owl who was walking into the woods at night. And, you know, I had a lot of, like, dummies of this book where he was finding different things in the woods and then reacting to them. There were other characters in the woods that he was talking to. And it just, it never felt like it was cohesive enough to pull a whole picture book um, from beginning to end. And I went on tour um, to promote this. My book, number one, Sam, won the Pennsylvania State Book Award. And as part of that, they send you on this like five-week tour of Pennsylvania. And you go and you read to hundreds and hundreds of kids. I, I was doing as many as like six presentations a day. Um, you know, a, a lot of presentations and I was reading the books over and over again. And the thing that I like, kept, uh, I kept realizing was that they really responded to, um, like Easter eggs in my books, like little things like in my book, number one, Sam crocodile from the watermelon seed is in a race car and his headlights are shaped like watermelon. And there's like these little Easter eggs that they don't, um, have anything to do with the book like they, they don't need you don't need to have read the watermelon seed to support your understanding of number one sam but it's like if you know it then it's like a nice little thing and kids loved that they're like i'm doing a reading of number one sam and they're like there he is it's the watermelon <laughs> like that's him it's the crocodile or oftentimes they'll say that's the alligator because they all think he's an alligator um and i I just, I, it's that idea of like a weird owl walking into the woods and discovering something morphed into uh, a read aloud experience where the idea was that the kids were going to shout something out, where they were going to see something and really respond to it. And I, I know, you know, just from uh, spending as much time reading to kids as I have that they really appreciate it when they know something that either the adult who's reading to them doesn't know or that the character in the book doesn't know. So they, in Goodnight Owl, like in that they, um, there's a mouse who is bothering the owl. The owl doesn't really see the mouse, but the kids see him from the very beginning. And they have really latched onto that and responded to uh, being like in on the joke. So yeah, I think that it, it sort of like started as this abstract weird idea that I didn't really couldn't put a pin into and then it became more about the read aloud experience, which is great because the, I mean those, that's super fun to read with kids because they're screaming at you the whole time. Um. <laughs> when, it, when I find 
finally figured it out. I was, I was in this period of my um, life where I was going on long walks every morning. Like I made that part of my studio practice was that I went for at least like an hour to an hour and a half long walk around the city. And the city where I live uh, has a waterfront, so you can kind of walk along a river. And I would go there and um, just think about my books and or think about what I was going to work on later in the day. And I remember getting back to like getting an idea for the book that became Good Night Owl and eat and like sitting down at the computer when I got back to the studio and typing it out. And I think I like, you know, ate lunch and like uh, sat for a little while on it. But I was really confident that I was like after months of working on something, I was like, this is it. Like this, this finally clicked. And I think I sent it to my editor that same day. And uh, maybe like that day or the day, the next day, she was like, yeah, this, I'm going to take this, you know, to the meeting that she had to take it to because it was there already. And so, I mean, it it sounds like you just write it in one day, um, but it was all those, you know, those months of like false starts and writing other things and sort of not figuring out for a long time. But when it, when it hit me, I not. I don't know how that inspiration happens, um, but luckily I was sitting in front of the computer when it when it did. The thing that was interesting about um, working on this was that I was able to, like, I was on that tour while I was working on the dummy, so that I was able I was able to show the kids that I was reading with pencil sketches. Um, and I, there were, there was a spread at some point, I don't really remember exactly where in the book, but there was a spread where after reading it a few times at different presentations, I realized I didn't need it anymore. Like I, like they got it. I'd like, we need to just like keep moving towards the end of the book. Um, and that was a really cool experience. That was something I'd like to do. You know, I don't really do, um, I don't do five week tours very often. So I don't have that opportunity to take stuff out on the road too much, but it has become part of like my school visit experiences is that I'll show them stuff that it maybe is still in progress. I mean, I always show them stuff that hasn't come out yet because they can get like a sneak peek at it, but it's particularly interesting to see how people respond to stuff that's still in sketch form and see like think something that I'll take for granted that everyone will immediately get because I'm just so familiar with the, uh, material and then I see them like scratching their heads a little bit and I realize oh okay maybe I need to tweak that in order to get it to hit the right way I, I mean you may have heard this before but authors and illustrators well I, I can't speak for the entire field but for me, I'm super aware of what's going on with the awards, like at least when it's happening. Um, I remember when I won the Geisel Award for the Watermelon Seed, uh, my wife and I were walking home and I was sort of saying like, oh, you know, these this award is happening tomorrow morning. They're announcing it. I think I'm going to, um, you know, at, get up and at eight, I think they start and I'm going to use the laptop to watch these things. And uh, she was like, well, are you up for any of them? And I was like, well, I'm not going to get a Caldecott for the watermelon seed. But there is this one award. And I explained to her about like what the Geisel Award was. And literally like 
15 to 20 minutes later, we went home and we got a phone call. <laughs> we got the phone call that um, it had won and we had to go grocery shopping that night. <laughs> so we still went grocery shopping and uh, we live in Pennsylvania. So it was like Sunday night and they called the Geisel and cyber people on Sunday. And um, so there's like no uh, liquor stores open. So we couldn't get champagne or anything like that. So the way that we celebrated was that night when we went grocery shopping, instead of getting whole wheat pasta, I got like the enriched white pasta, which I never eat because I think it's it's like just not good for me. Um, that was how I celebrated. And um, for for the Geisel, uh, for, or for Goodnight Owl rather, um, I was at the studio. I mean, we were just both working. It was Sunday night and it was like, seven o'clock or so and i was you know i was aware that the awards were happening um and then the phone rang and it was a number i didn't didn't recognize and i picked it up and you know usually when it's a number i don't recognize it's like a telemarketer or whatever so i'm always like hello <laughs> and uh i realized you know uh they said you know this this we're calling from ALSK and it's where the geisel committee and my wife was sewing something and I was just like, Geisel, Geisel, <laughs> And she, um, she looked at me, she was like, no, no way. <laughs> and uh, then we like both started crying. You know, it was just, I think what I've, I've tried to explain to people, you know, it's like so super meaningful because um, I think the first time when it happened with the watermelon seed, obviously it was very meaningful to me and it was like, it was a very big deal and I'm forever be grateful for it. But everything, it was my first book. So everything that was happening was new. It was like all the first time, um, anything was super exciting. And obviously it's all still really exciting. I'm very happy to be working in the field, but I think this time I had a, more of an understanding of like what it would mean for the book and for the life of the book and how many more libraries it would be in and how many more kids would be reading it because of like the extra attention it would get because of the award. And it just sort of like overwhelmed me. And I, I like had to get off the phone with them because I was like crying, <laughs> crying. And, um, and then we went home and we ate in rich pot no we <laughs> i don't remember what we ate afterwards but oh we went out we went out actually we went out to a bar this time and <laughs> we got dinner out 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 of the house <laughs> Thank you, Greg Pizzoli, for the interview. Thank you, Philip Stead, for our theme music. Additional music for this episode by Mon Plazer from the Free Music Archive. You can contact us via email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com and visit us online at the School Library Journal website. I'm Travis Yonker. Thanks for listening.